Hello, welcome to the podcast, Breaking Down Lymphoma, where we break down lymphoma into simple terms that anyone can understand. Um, I'm Julie Whelan, the, uh, your host today, and we have... Hi guys, my name is Pedro Tuku, um, and welcome to the podcast, mm-hmm. where we break down lymphoma into simple terms. Yes, so today we are very lucky to have a special guest with us today, um, a former lymphoma patient. Um, yeah, so Dennis, I'll have you go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, give us a little background about yourself and yeah. Hi, um, my name's Dennis. Um, had Hodgkin's lymphoma, or I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma back in 2004. And um, it was quite the battle uh, getting through it. Yeah. But we, uh, you know, here we are, we persevered. Yes, very glad to hear that. And your story is super inspiring and just a great story to be shared. So um, we'll go ahead and get into our questions. Um, okay. Yeah, um, so let's start with um, how old were you um, when you were diagnosed? And along with that, what what did your life look like at the time? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I was 39. Um, everything was going pretty good, uh, mm-hmm. I guess kind of wrapping up, or well, I shouldn't say wrap, coming to the end of a military career. And I just, I started um, just not feeling as well as I normally did. So didn't really think much of it. I'm like, ah, I've really never been sick before. So mm-hmm. I just kind of kept going and um, it didn't get better. Right. I mean, I can't genuinely imagine what m- that must have felt like. But um, do you remember just, was it an initial shock? Was it disbelief? Do you remember like any distinct um, emotions that stood out for you? Like once you got that diagnosis, were you in denial? Um, just kind of, I'm curious about that like thought process that you went through. Yeah, yeah, good question. No, I, I actually wasn't in any kind of shock, really, and I know that might, might sound kind of strange, but um, I I have been declining for several months, and they, they the doctors really didn't know what was wrong with me. They kept doing uh, labs, drawing labs. In fact, I don't know, it was a couple times a week, if I remember right. It was, it was quite often, and they were like, wow, your blood work is really messed up. That was the about the bulk of the answer I got. No, no, like, oh yeah, this is what you have. It was just, oh, your blood work's really messed up. Well, that started in early January, and it wasn't until May that they finally diagnosed me. So, uh, I, and again, I was declining rapidly during those four to about four months there. So actually, when I got the diagnosis, I was. <laughs> I guess if excited is maybe not the right word, but I was I was somewhat elated because I was like, well, at least now we know what it is and we can get started. Exactly. No, I can imagine like with all that uncertainty, just having an answer would be like such a relief. Yeah, it was. Actually, yeah. 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 Um, so going into that, once you were diagnosed, um, I know that was such a long process for you. Um, what were some of the initial treatments that you received? Well, it was it, chemotherapy mm-hmm. at the time was the primary uh, 
course of action. Mm-hmm. And, and for that, it didn't really seem to matter what stage you were diagnosed at or in, uh, whether it was stage one through four, um, it, that was the answer was still going to be chemotherapy. And so that was what they, uh, how we got started. And once we actually had the diagnosis, uh, i.e. we've done the, uh, they've done a, uh, biopsy of, uh, of a tumor. Mm-hmm. It really happened. Then things actually started to happen really fast. I think I was getting chemo the, the very following week, uh, my first, my first round of chemo. And, mm-hmm. um, so it, yeah, chemotherapy was the first course of action. And it didn't really take too many. I, I was scheduled for um, 16 treatments, two a week. Mm-hmm. And I'd say after about the fourth, maybe the fifth treatment, I could actually tell things were, I mean, obviously I still wasn't feeling great, but I'm like, okay, at least we're no longer bottoming out. We're, we're mm-hmm. actually starting to, I can see, I can feel progress was being made actually, believe it or not. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure, um, you know, any change for the better at that point would have been like super encouraging. Yeah. So, and I remember um, when we spoke earlier um, and you told me about how well and how quickly you responded to the chemo, that was like awesome to hear. I mean, obviously it's not like you're better right away and by no means, right. (laughs) Right, But yeah, no, that's true. But uh, again, from, um, <clears throat> the road that I was currently uh, traveling down and driving mm-hmm. down being going fast, I, I it really did. The, the response was pretty, in, I guess, impressive because um, I was I was so weak by the point that they started the treatments. I had about enough energy to go from one room to the nut to the next, and it was like chair to chair, and I was done. And if we had to go out anywhere, like to a doctor's appointment, it was a wheelchair because I, I didn't even have the strength to do, do anything above and beyond that. So, mm-hmm. again, within three about three weeks, I, I was like, okay, we're, we're making progress. So, mm-hmm. it, it was it was kind of impressive. Um, so, I have this, uh, I have a question. So, for me, um, when I try to envision these kinds of things, my family usually the first Thing that pops up in my mind and thinking I just wonder how did you even begin to break it to your family was that difficult were you like um how did you because obviously you have to k- tend to your own emotions and then having to factor in um your support systems um emotions and walk in that like can you maybe walk that um through for me like mm-hmm. how did that work for you yeah yeah I'll try um well my wife was with me at the doctor's appointment when, when I was diagnosed. Uh, again, I think both of us were kind of just finally happy to have an answer and a course of action to take. Um, and I, when we got, got home from that, we told our kids. How, how was I think we were just straight that? up with them, if I remember right. I, I, it's been a while, but yeah, I think it was just, hey, yeah, <laughs> this is what I find. They finally figured out what I have and this is what we're doing to try to fix it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I guess at that point they were kind of along with you for that di- that such long diagnosis process. Yes. So yeah, they were. Do you think they were kind of in the same boat where they were like almost relieved to have? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. I, I mean, my I, my youngest one was she was really young at the time. So I, well, I say really young, probably what was she about seven? So I'm, that's not really young, but not sure that you know could grasp everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the full extent, but our older one, uh, he was old enough to understand that uh, things were, yeah, probably pretty serious. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we just sat down and told him, yeah, this is what we got to do. Gotcha. And that uh, being uh, military, uh, it, you you just kind of press on with uh, the support group you actually have. And, not always your family um mm-hmm. i remember i told my um my, my boss or my commanding officer what i what was going on and he's like all right i want you out of here uh don't worry about this place just take care of yourself mm-hmm. yeah so i mean he, he he was he was awesome he could have uh i go you need me to do paper he's like just get out of here oh good yeah that's good because I'm sure like for a lot of patients who are diagnosed with lymphoma, like uh, work yeah. is, yeah, like one of the forefronts of like the things exactly. that stress you out. Yeah. So I'm so yeah, glad. You're, you're absolutely right there. I mean, <laughs> depending upon your job that you have, uh, the treatment plan may be not very compatible, not only mm-hmm. with, your, with you, the, the patient, but and your work either. So mm-hmm. I was very fortunate in that respect. Definitely. And I'm glad that was your experience. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I can only hope other people could have even close to that type of response from their employer, uh, you know, worried about them and telling them, hey, don't worry about this place. Just get better. Right. Yeah. That's so awesome. He was like that for sure. All right. So do you want to? Um, so what's any kind of advice i don't know if, if if advice is the word to use but what kind of like message would you uh want to send to people that are facing lymphoma particularly because our um target audience is people between the ages of 15 and 35 39 39 yeah. yes my, <laughs> similar, similar. my apologies <laughs> um yeah so what was your general advice that you would give um anybody listening mm-hmm. about lymphoma how to approach it um not that there's any a set standard of how to approach it but anything that you can offer up we would genuinely appreciate well um <clears throat> that's 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 an interesting uh, question i mean i i was never really sick ever um uh, so on the rare occasion i'd get a cold you know it's just like yeah you just deal with it and move on I, I didn't go to a doctor unless I had to because of my work requiring a physical. So I, I was a little stubborn, maybe could be the right word for, um, I just, I'm like, yeah, I'll get better on my own. I don't mm-hmm. need to go see a doc, but yeah, sometimes you got to go see that doctor. When, when you're starting to have things that, you know, don't completely understand what's going on with your uh, health, it's, uh, it's better to go see the uh, professionals and, and it, 
your primary doc may not have any idea really what's going on with you, but at least they'll be able to get you headed in the, uh, hopefully in a, in a course of action with the specialists that actually can take care of everything. And obviously it's best if you can catch any cancer, but uh, mm -hmm. if you can catch them in the earlier stages, your chances of success are way greatly improved. Uh, I was not that lucky on the, on that part. I was, mm -hmm. I was as advanced as you can get, so and but it still turned out well. So I was fortunate that I had a a treatable uh, cancer type of cancer. Definitely, that being Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's good that you say that because um, part of our campaign is wanting to encourage people to you know look after themselves be, be proactive yeah. Mm -hmm. be proactive yeah so that's yeah yeah um yeah like i said don't be afraid I, I, i'll tell i'll tell a doctor anything now if, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> right. anything. i'm like hey you know what you're this like is what's going on and yeah I, I don't unlike the uh stubborn person i was before this i've uh so yeah i, I would encourage anybody if if you're not sure of something going on with your health uh Go talk to a doctor because they can get you, hopefully get you headed in the right direction. Right. Definitely. Right. Um, I want to say there's this quote by Bob Marley that says, "You don't know you are strong until being strong is the only option that you have." Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for me, right. that's what resonates after listening to your story and. Um, I'm so happy to hear that um, the t it, it eventually got a lot better for you. Um, hopefully it gives anybody that's, um, that gets to listen to mm -hmm. this um, the solace of knowing that it's not a death sentence. Um, mm -hmm. um, there's a great, once you find a great support system, both medically and in your day-to-day um, um, -day life, that, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it does, right. it doesn't get perfect. <laughs> But mm -hmm. it definitely does get better. There are options. So, right. so, Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, um, thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your day to um, engage with us, connect with us. Um, all the best of luck to you and the rest of your journey. And Just um, really quick, one more yeah, thing. Um, yes, yeah. definitely. I um, echo what Dito said. But um, really quick um this will probably be sort of our last um question but um okay. something i found super interesting in our discussion prior to the podcast was what ultimately sent you into remission was um your stem cell transplant if i is that correct yeah based i mean technically they have to get to, before they can perform a stem cell excuse me, transplant, they have to get your cancer in remission, mm -hmm. uh, in a remission status before they'll proceed with said, but ultimately, yeah, that, that kind of does sum it up. They, uh, we did chemo. Uh, let's see, this was my second round of chemo. Mm -hmm. So I had the 16 weeks when a year went by, it came back on me. They give me a different type three different types of chemo for that treatment mm -hmm. got me into remission again. And then it was, it was stem cell transplant time. So, but ultimately it was a, it was a second stem cell transplant that got me to where I am today. I had that, that second one done in 2007 and I've been uh, cancer free ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so 
uh, to recap, it was sort of like they got you into remission with the chemotherapy, and then once you were in remission, they kept you there with the transplant. Sort right. of. Yeah. Right. Okay. They, uh, that, yeah, that, that's pretty. That'd be pretty uh, pretty accurate there. Um, and and there's different types of uh, stem cell transplants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the initial one, to me, seemed. I don't want to call it a waste of time, but it just seemed silly because it was my own stem cells that they had harvested after they got me in remission and then they introduced them back in. And I'm like, again, in my head, it's like, well, that just seems like they were already bad once, but mm-hmm. th- th- it actually is a very successful procedure. There's no chance of a rejection because right. um, they're your stem cells. That makes sense. Um, unfortunately for me, it did not work. Uh, it lasted about a year again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more chemo, get me back into remission, and then it was find a, uh, a donor that uh, had donated stem cells that was a match to, to whatever it is the markers are they look for. That I never did wrap my head around. There's, I think, 10 of them. Mm-hmm. They, had to, they want to match as many as possible, but they won't go anything below seven out of those 10 or something like that, if I remember right. But anyway, we found a, a donor, so I, I received a do, an unrelated donor stem cells. And much like any transplant, it's not from your body. There is a chance of rejection, but it was pretty slim, and uh, everything's been good ever since. Oh, that is so cool, and I'm so glad y'all were able to find um, a match, and that ultimately is what yeah. helped you. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I guess there's another thing to encourage anybody that's, um, you know, even – if, especially if you're thinking about it, if mm-hmm. donate stem cells, donate anything that you can possibly donate. Obviously, mm-hmm. body organs are eh, a little more difficult. <laughs> you kind of need those. But <laughs> stem cells, are, they're, they're, they're going to rebuild themselves. You can donate them. <laughs> yes, for sure. And that's, yeah, that's definitely something we want to bring to light in our campaign is how life-changing that can be, literally saving lives. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and because I, I guess I'll add a little bit, uh, leukemia is a, um, <clears throat> a a type of blood cancer that a lot of patients get a stem cell transplant to try to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's mostly younger kids that get leukemia. Now, I mean, that's not a hard fact, but it's just in general, it's younger younger individuals that uh, get leukemia. Mm-hmm. And they may need that stem cell transplant. So again, that's why I was, if you're even thinking about doing, uh, donating stem cells, please do because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it could save a kid. Definitely. And especially, and if, go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and it's, there's nothing painful. It, mm-hmm. It's like donating blood. That is literally all it is. So other than that needle stick, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're not cutting on you. They don't do anything like that for a stem cell transplant. It's just a blood transfusion and so it's painless to the uh to the person donating if you will yep it you took the words right out of my mouth that was gonna say it is it's something yeah you can just go do so definitely yeah yeah you know because a lot of people donate plasma or 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 blood yeah it's just like doing that that's Mm -hmm. except it's not done at a at a clinic you're you have to go into a a hospital where they have the equipment to harvest the stem cells out of said blood. But again, it, it, it's literally like donating blood. Right. So painless, really. Yeah. 
Well, um, again, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We definitely found this conversation like incredibly informative. And again, we are so, so happy to hear that you're in remission and it all was a battle, but it eventually got there. And we're glad to hear that. And um, it's you just sharing your story. Um, I just commend you once again for being able to um, just do that because it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable in front of people and share such intimate details about your life. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. very you're, much. You're welcome. Great. Definitely. Is there anything um, you would like to add, anything you'd like our viewers to know? I, no pressure. No, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think we've uh, covered it, most of it. Um, yeah. yeah I, right off the top of my head i can't think of anything else um see your doctors <laughs> yeah great <laughs> yeah. advice yeah and Definitely. donate stem cells if you're uh thinking that that's something you might want to do uh, but yeah and, and and i will say this for the uh cancer treatment world uh there's been well almost i don't want to say daily that sounds a little silly but they're, they're constantly finding uh, improved ways of treating all the different cancers, but it, it also mm-hmm. comes down to the earlier you can de- detect it, the better you off you're going to be. So that, that goes back to that initial, don't be stubborn and ah, I'll get over this. For sure. Go see a doctor if there's something wrong that you're like, no, I'm not sure what this is, but yeah. Right. Definitely. All right. Well, um, thank you again for coming. Um, We hope you have a great rest of your week. And yeah, thank you again. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. All right. right. Have a good one. Have a lovely one. Yeah. Bye. Oh, well, what did you, what did you think? Um, I think it's just always so, it, it takes my breath away every time I have to hear such, um, situations and, um, what always sticks out to me is when people like when he was talking about his young children and mm-hmm. just family. Um, I mean, family is the biggest thing to me, and I think yeah. to most people. And um, the fact that his kids were so young and having to go through that, um, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's it just blows my mind. No, I agree. That's a good point too. Like, I mean, obviously, you're thinking about yourself when you get diagnosed but then there's all the people in your life that you have to think about and can't imagine having children and then having right. to so that's just yeah, to me that's wild. just that's so commendable the fact that um he was able to go through all of that and i did i wasn't even full-on aware about um the stem cell part of it mm-hmm. like i knew it existed but i didn't know like just the complexity of it i thought it would yeah. be some like really difficult thing to do you know for sure no i i'm the same way when we first when he first told me about that i was like i've never heard of that that sounds like very complicated and then he explained it and i was like yeah it sounds like that's like a great thing for people to donate, like get involved. If you want to get involved in the cause, donating your plasma is a free way to do it. And it's makes such a big difference. Can literally be life or death for someone. So so like now that I know I'm like, I'm gonna go ask more questions. (laughs) I know. (laughs) How can I be a part of this? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it's enough to sit and 
converse about something, but taking that in this, that secondary step of like mm-hmm. actually trying to go out and do stuff, I think I'd encourage anybody like ask questions. You're better off asking questions and um, just being proactive about our health. You mm-hmm. know, like sometimes even for me. Um, I wait till like <laughs> I'm bedridden for me right. to like go to the hospital, and it's like people it's say this, and it might be a cliche, but like prevention is better than cure. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So and um, yeah. So I would say yeah, that's two of the biggest takeaways from this was knowing there are ways to get involved through donating your plasma, and again, like taking care of yourself don't ignore something if it's off just it's better it's always better safe than sorry and i think that's definitely something we want to express to you guys and everyone watching but um and like for me as well because i remember when i was in high school um i discovered like a lump um in my um uh right 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 hand breast and Mm -hmm. i remember it was just a tiny little lump yeah and I remember being so terrified to tell my mom. Oh, <laughs> Just because I'm like, what if they tell me, like, it's cancerous? And yeah. so, like, I waited until it got larger and larger because it was just, like, below the surface of, like, my breast. And mm-hmm. eventually, like, we went to the doctor and um, um, they got it removed. They got it oh, tested. Good. And yeah. um, it wasn't cancerous. And I just cannot imagine what he must have gone through through that um, long period of waiting with yeah. um, discovery, like wait, waiting to find out answers. That oh, that must have been so such a I can't imagine. Terrifying. I know I get like one thing wrong and I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so yeah. But is there anything else you want to add? No, but I would just say, like you said, um, I only share my story just because I'm like, and as much as it's scary to not know the answers often lead they don't always lead to doom and gloom at least mm-hmm. he was able to get treatment and now right. he's in remission and so yeah it's better to be informed and yeah. all right well i think that about wraps up our episode for today um tune in on monday where we speak with um a, f- a lymphoma patient and their caregiver we will have uh nicholas Tommins and Lisa Tommins in our next episode um, to get the perspective of a caregiver as um, as well as um, hear from Nick about how he had to also support his support mm-hmm. um, system. So yeah, yeah. thank you guys so much for tuning yes. in. We always appreciate it. And be sure to check us out on all of our socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find all Um, us on all of those by the name of breaking down lymphoma and yeah thank you thank you again for tuning in we hope you learned something see you next time